Um, thank you everyone for joining today. And the show is Rug Radio Web3 Africa. And today we're going to be speaking with Antonia Zeko. So Antonia is going to give us a brief introduction about himself when I'm done with um, my whole you know, preamble. But I'm your host, Tasrimad, and um, in today's episode, we'll be learning everything and anything there is to know about Anthony as an artist as, and also as a creative. But before we begin, I would love to remind our guests and listeners to abide by the show guidelines. That is, treating everyone with, with respect, waiting for your turn to speak if you decide to come up on stage to ask any question, you know, refraining from... Um, um, refraining from speaking over others, waiting for your turn to speak as usual. Kindly send a request if you want to come up on stage to contribute to the conversation, or let me know in the comments down below. There, you can send a DM, and I'm definitely going to reply to you. Also, keep in mind that the show is recorded and will be put up on my podcast. So, if you want to, you know, listen to the show after we're done, it's going to be available on Apple Music and Spotify. So, with that being said, and all the whole boring, boring <laughs> things being said, let's dive right into the conversation. Hi, Anthony. We can start with a brief introduction about yourself so everyone knows who you are. Yo, hey, uh, my name is Anthony Azekwa. I'm a, I'm an author, artist, curator, you know, just an all-rounder. Mm, okay. <laughs> I don't know why people love giving her this type of simple introduction. Like, let us know what exactly you do. Like, okay, I came into the Web3 space, this, 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 I started art. When, like, let us know, <laughs> you know, um your art background and how you started everything like the basic introduction <laughs> okay okay that's like a different thing as well i mean with um web3 i mean that started way back in at the end of 2020 um a friend of mine mango he was working with charge particles at the time he had messaged me about this whole um nft super rare thing and i was like oh, super rare like crypto arts like at the time it wasn't like it was confusing you know as nigerians like your first reaction to crypto is oh, i'm not sure you know so i was like, okay i don't know well let's not be as if i didn't like try so you know i applied to super rare i got in and i was like okay this seems interesting i guess but i still wasn't like sold on it because i didn't quite understand what was happening then I had my first drop with charged particles, and this is March 2021. And, like, you know, I sold out in less than 10 minutes, and I was like, yo, what's going on? Okay. And I feel like from there, I just kind of snowballed, you know, doing stuff with Super Rare NFT, my own stuff with OpenSea, and just kind of evolving and meeting people and understanding and realizing that, like, this was like a whole new frontier. But yeah, it was, I would say that's like a very simple way of how the whole thing got started, just by curiosity and trying new things, meeting new people here in the space. And, uh, you know, just, I would say just uh, finding out new ways, new ways to do old things. Mm, finding out new ways to do old things. Okay, okay. So let's, you know, come back to the arts, the normal art part of everything. How did you get started as an artist? And what inspires your work? Like, um, did you have this revelation when you were sleeping and said, okay, I have to pick up a pencil and start sketching or something? Just let us know. Oh, no, for definitely not. Like, um, for me, 
with art, what happened was, you know, I was, this is 2016, December. And, you know, I'm traditionally a writer first. And I remember that um, my laptop broke. And because my handwriting is bad, it meant that that means I couldn't write. So I was like, okay, now I have to do something else. Because for me, I feel like I need to create. If I'm not creating something on one level or another, it's just hard. I just get, I'm very restless. So, you know, I picked up some leftover papers and pens in my um, house at the time. And I just started drawing. I, you know, I remember I showed my mom and she was like, oh, wow, I like this. I, you know, I was like, okay, this is nice. You know, because that's the first time I think I'd seen someone appreciate my work in real time. Because with writing, it takes a lot longer. You know, someone has to kind of read and digest it. With art, it's a much more immediate effect. And from there, I was like, okay. You know, I stole my sister's mouse and I started just like playing around on my computer, you know, because digital was very interesting at the time because unlike traditional, you didn't really have to spend like so much money on getting more pens or getting more paper. You really just needed that setup for you. So I started learning how to draw with like that mouse, you know, learning all the basics, the principles, anatomy and all that. And it was really fun, can't lie. Like it was just, you know, vibing, me experimenting with Illustrator, Photoshop. I'd message people whose art I like admired and like just continued that process. And you know, one day this American artist messaged me like, yo, like, you know, he wanted to do a cover and he'd pay me like sixty dollars which was crazy, but money at the time for me. And I was like, okay, you know what, sure. You know, so I did the cover, got the money. And I remember I bought new, I bought like my first graphics tablet with that. And I feel like that was just really like the whole pattern of getting better, getting better tools, getting paid, then reinvesting the money back into my craft. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of how the whole thing got started. And it's like years later, it's like, okay, wow, like... <laughs> How the hell did this happen? I definitely understand that last part of what you just said. Like, okay, how did everything even happen? Because I also feel that I also feel the same way when some people ask me, you know, questions about maybe um, you know, working in Web3 or creating art or whatever. Like, I can't really pinpoint what exactly happened, but I know I am here right now. So and that sounds fun, you know. <laughs> Deciding that okay, let me just see how everything goes because your computer was not working and you know you're here now. That's 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 amazing. So let's come to your creative process. And I love asking this question that is um regarding people's creative process because I realize that everybody has different approach to creative process. I realize that everybody has... Okay, let me meet everybody. <laughs> okay. I realize that everybody has different approach to creating art. Some people wait till they get inspiration from somewhere. Some people just create because they want to see what's going to come out of what they are creating. So can you just tell us about your creative process? How is it like when you want to start creating a new piece? Do you, you know, search for inspiration everywhere or you just start creating and, you know, wait to see the end results? I would say that for me, it was it's, it just depends really. Like you know, with no two things for me are the same. Um, sometimes it's like it starts with like an idea, and then I kind of develop it further. Sometimes it's uh, you know it's just really something that's been in my mind, and then I kind of work through it in my head. So let's say there's a new sculpture I'm going to come out with in a while, 
And with that, I've just kind of been turning this in my head, working through it, kind of trying to balance how it's going to look and feel. So, you know, with a lot of my process, it's very uh, mental sometimes. Like sometimes I'm drawing and sculpting in my head and trying and practicing new things, seeing, okay, does this work? Does this not? Like what color, what form? Okay, does this idea, do I like this? And, you know, for me, I try to work on the ideas that stick around the longest. So sometimes there's a lot of note-taking sometimes, but traditionally for me, it's kind of like if the idea is not disturbing me, I don't really bother because if it's not really like, if it doesn't stay on my mind, then it wouldn't stay in yours. So I'll say that's kind of how my process is, like on average. Hmm. What's going on? Okay, my mic is working now. Hmm. Okay, so um, I think I can, I understand that, you know, to an extent, like, okay, I have this inspiration or this thing is on my mind, but if it's not something major that's not making me sleep, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm not going to pursue it, but I, I definitely understand. So, um, Moving from your creative process, now let's get into the art creation itself. How do you approach like a new project or a, or a new piece of uh, of art like before you start working? This is not even about the creative process. Like, what do you aim to achieve at the end of everything? And I know everything can um, this question can can depend on the type of art you are creating, but you know some people. I have like a general overview in their mind. Okay, at the end of the day, when I create this work, this is what I'm looking at. Um, this is what I want people to feel when they see my piece, regardless of the type of art I'm creating. I feel like for me, then it would be general wonder because, you know, for me, it's kind of like, I want you to see it and be like, yo, like, and I've never seen anything like that before. Like, how did this person make that? You know, because apart from that, really, it's just me having fun. I feel like one thing I've tried to keep is that process of enjoyment and fun because when I treated it like work, when I treated it like, uh, you know, labor, it wasn't my results where you could feel it. My results just didn't really hit. They didn't hit me as the creator. They didn't hit the audience as art. It was just like a random image. So I think that for me right now, it's just wonder. It's like, when I finish something, I want anybody who looks at it to be like, wow, like, okay. I have never seen anything like this before. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so you want people to see your work and I'm like, okay, this is unique. I haven't seen any work like this before. Like, you want people to... You want people to look at your work and say this is quite different from, you know, other people, other pieces I've seen. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and you know, even when you now bring it back to the context of what African art or like Nigerian art is or should be, for instance, when I came out with the first sculpture last year, the goal of that was, I feel like I wanted people to even us as Nigerians and as Africans to kind of see our culture in like a whole new way and like just see it in this way that I was like, wow, like I've never, because up until then, I dipped it, I had never seen a gilet sculpted in marble. You know what I mean? Like I had never seen like our culture look so regal, look so um, classical. And I feel like seeing your culture in that way kind of brings about this whole new aspect. And like, wow, like I never thought about this in this way. So for me, it's really much that, like, being able to bring that whole new dimension to things. 
Hmm. Okay, okay. So we're getting deeper. Like <laughs> you know, um, what you just said. It's it, that's another. Um, I think dimension to what I've heard from other artists I've um, you know interviewed. So okay, no problem. So let's move forward to our next question. And I'm trying to you know run through the questions so we can have um, you know other people come up on stage to ask anything they want to. So um, my next question is going to be about technology and the role it plays in your art making process. And I know this is super important because you know you started as um, you said you got drawn to digital art, and, and I think you've been doing digital art for quite a while. So yeah. I, yes, I would love to hear your um, your perspective, your point of view about this. So what role does technology play in your art making process? No, it plays a very super important part. I mean, like, I do all my work digitally. I mean, sometimes I sketch on paper, but I feel like digital is really the medium I've stuck on for the past seven years. And that's really where it's going to be. Um, then you have, like, AI and all that stuff, which is... I think AI is cool, honestly. Like, I mean, I don't really actively use visual AI. It's not really, like, my bag. But I think it's very interesting you know, and I feel like a lot of conversations about it may not do the whole new medium like justice. I do feel like, of course, like AI in and of itself, you know, it's kind of like, um, there's this way this um, artist Ken describes it, you know, where he talks about digitography and like really all the uploaded images in the world from inception to now are part of this hyperspace. And when you put like a prompt, um, the AI just goes in all of these things and like brings around like an average of all these images. And, you know, in that, it's kind of like if you can make something from that or that can inspire you, like that's all great. I don't, the raw result itself, to me, it's interesting, but I don't know, most times I don't really feel much. Um, but there's definitely some cool, cool stuff out there. Uh, but yeah, I feel like technology is really important to my work. Yes, I think that's that's what most people that have been um you know exploring digital arts to feel. And um I would love to <laughs> you know hear your own um um opinion about this whole digital art against traditional art. How do you feel about about it? Like are you you know on just are you just on the side and like I'm not going to contribute to this conversation or do you think um you know traditional art has more um, um what should I call it? You know, traditional art is more important as what some people used to say is more important than um, digital art. You know, I think I'll just be frank <clears throat> because, uh, you know, it's just us and a few people. But, like, honestly, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, the difference is, like, marginal at best if there is one. You know, really, it's about just the art itself. Any distinctions that are made are really, like, solely for marketing purposes. Like... You know, whether you're a digital artist or a traditional artist, bro, whether you make art with walls or you make art with pixels, like, it really doesn't matter. Like, the medium has never mattered that much. People who do store those differences, I mean, like I said, it's really purely for marketing because at the end of the day, it's really mostly like when the audience feels something, you feel something first before you ask any questions. You feel like, oh, wow, is this? And it's like, okay, maybe, okay, is this, this, is this, that? But if the work is good, nobody really cares. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's one of those things where like there is of course like there was this huge issue with traditional spaces not really liking digital work. 
and I know I felt that especially. But if you notice at the end of the day, when like it was proven with NFTs that okay, A, you could make money from this, and B, you could prove profit, and it's like, okay, sure, why not? And you see, like, even some of the greatest golden standards, like Christie's and Sotheby's coming in, you know. So I would say that, like, for me, like, I don't, I don't think there's much of a difference to like stoke most of the, I would say, conversations. You know, I just feel like, you know, it is, it is like, digital art has been here for. My God, it's going to be almost like a hundred years in a couple, let's say like twenty years. Side, this is about eighty years, and I feel like there's been so much in terms of information, in terms of craft, and really just a lot of people are just trying to understand. Okay, what is this and how is this done? But I really feel like for me, in my head, like I don't really accept much of like a difference. It's just different mediums to express the same thing. I love that because I saw a post on Instagram and this artist posted something really stunning on a canvas. Then some people are commenting, oh, is this traditional art or digital art? Like before they even said they love the work. When she now said it was um, traditional art, like she painted it herself, um, things like that. They're not like, oh, stunning, things like that. I was not thinking like, before you comment that this piece is amazing, does it matter what type of medium, you know, she used to create the piece? So, you know, I've been seeing a lot of things like that and I'm, and I'm always thinking, like, what exactly are you trying to achieve with, you know, trying to make this difference or trying to um, make everything look as if it's not still as they are creating? Because at the end of the day, okay, <laughs> the main thing is that you're trying to at least, you know, communicate something with your art and people feel something. So, yes, I agree with that. So, moving forward, you know, social media plays a lot of um, roles. Sorry, social media plays a lot of, um, um, I'm going to say role, yes, in impacting some people's art career. So, um, in your own um, art career, do you think social media has impacted it, like, really huge? And what advice would you give to aspiring artists looking to build their online presence? Um, I mean, first of all, that question is always weird because in my head, I'm I'm still like an aspiring. But I don't. I mean, to be fair, what is an aspiring artist? I don't know. <laughs> Where's like you aspiring? Know, uh, no, you know, a lot of people look up to you. To be honest, like even I know some people like to you know try to be humble or you know downplay what they've done. But to be honest, you've done a lot of things, and some people are still trying to get to that stage or or aspiring to reach that stage. So if you have people that you know look up to you and you inspire them. To be honest, you should have an advice for them. That <laughs> most of us are still up and coming, but you know, mm. some people still look up to you. That okay, I want to be like this person. Yes. <laughs> but that's my issue. It's like the word "up and coming" to me is kind of like okay, can you be like an up and coming human being? For instance, I feel like the minute you started, you're already there. If that makes sense, because I'll be honest, like at the end of the day, like any goal you have with this is like you know, just that, a goal, like, at the end of the day, you're going to have to express those skills to get there. So really, in my head, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand. Like, since you started, yeah. since you started creating, I don't think you should be up and yeah, coming. Yeah, because, because the word started. up and coming sometimes, yeah, or like aspiring, it kind of like, as this like, straight out of, okay, there's people here, there's people here, and there's people there. And then that's what really was used to manipulate a lot of people, especially in this past, like, year that I saw. And I feel like for me, it's really just like, we're all just vibing. Like, we're all really on, if there's a level, we're all in the same level of just human beings trying to, like, get to where it is. 
Um, with social media, just to go back to your question, with social media, I mean, social media was a great determining factor with my work because you now have to look at it in terms of distribution. And the way I look at it, distribution is the biggest problem as a Nigerian or African. That's the biggest problem you ever face. And it's a problem that like, we all have, whether we know it or not. And that's uh, distribution is actually a problem you're battling with. Because at the end of the day, let's say you were in 1962 and you're a Nigerian artist. How would you have gotten your work in front of the eyes of, let's say, if not tens, let's say hundreds, let's not go to tens, how would you have gotten your eyes in front of hundreds of people around the world as a Nigerian in 1962? It would have been very, very, very hard. You'd have needed maybe like a rich patron or like this cool connect that connected to maybe like a gallery in London because that was the closest diaspora. So you get there, and of course, like, there had to be a curator, then maybe a gallery to host your work. And those hundreds of people were kind of trickling like amongst like maybe the first two, three, four months or so. And you kind of switch all the way back to now, where you just post an image and bam, hundreds of people see it already. Sometimes thousands, sometimes millions. And who knows, sometimes those people would like to even buy your work. And that form of distribution like, is magic. It's like, it's a miracle, you know, because something like this just wasn't possible for people who had come before. You know, even just people in Stars that won. Like, how did you distribute your artwork then? So I feel like social media to me is very, very important. At the same time, it's also not a real place. As in, everything that happens here is not like the totality. And then we kind of talk about seeing And it's a difficult conversation to have in terms of Web3 and NFTs. But I definitely do feel like it's something that, like, I'd be remiss to not say. You know, yeah, this is great and all, you know. But at the same time, I would say that artists themselves need to have their own basis in terms of who you are, what you do, like. And with digital artists, let's say JJ is in the room for traditional artists, even JJ is in the room, like, you don't like the way they are worked on, the way they are branded, the way... Everything is kind of built. It's very clear. So, you know, artists have websites, artist statements, this and that, this and that, because that's important to have that paper trail. People know, okay, this is what this person is about. Uh, I would say that with social media, like a lot of, let's say, the hype of the past two, three years, I guess it's been very easy for people to get maybe carried away or influenced by bad actors. Because with social media, it's kind of like you also get this wrong perception that we're all in the same world but why not like you know it's a thing of your immediate reality can't really be ignored and i'm trying to say some i'm trying to say some things in a sensitive way i'm trying to you know find the best way to say these things but at the same time it's kind of like with web3 for instance it's like it can be easy as nigerians or africans to be swept into like a particular like phrase or message or motto or da 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 but, like, you can't ignore your immediate reality. Like, I was talking to, like, a Nigerian artist a couple months ago, weeks. My perception of time is done. But, yeah, I remember we were talking, and he was, like, he doesn't promote his work to, like, the Nigerian audience because he feels like Nigeria is not a buying market. And I'm, like, no. Like, first of all, true, Nigeria is not a buying market. Nobody can, like, argue that with you. However, Nigeria is a loud market, and at the end of the day, this is these are your people. 
nobody in this world, no group is going to understand or feel your work as much as your own people. You know, and of course, too, like, that's don't true. Nigerians do by work. It's just like, it's, it's, de- it's definitely like a little task to get to the people that do. But I would just say that at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're from here and really like social media or like certain clicks of spaces shouldn't really take that away in terms of the work that we do and how we kind of pay things forward into like the next group that are coming in. So in my head, that's kind of how I look at social media, I would say. Great tool. By the end of the day, it's part of what I'm doing. I'm not part of it. Does that make sense? It definitely does. It definitely does. Because um, just like he said, you know, let me even use Twitter for for example now. If, you know, Elon Musk decides that (laughs) he's going to chase all of us away from Twitter, what happens to people that depend on Twitter? I was what you're saying is crazy because I'm like, I've talked to some men, I met some people who like didn't have websites or didn't have mailing lists. And I'm like, see, look, don't get it twisted though. You know, can wake up tomorrow and say, oh yeah, James, switch it off. I'm on doing again. And they go, bah, and it's done. What happens if Mark says, oh yeah, that Instagram thing is stressing me out too. I'm <sighs> Joe, switch it off or where they go. Like what happens then? And it's like, these things are not out of the blue. Social media websites have crumbled in more interesting ways over the past couple of years. And I feel like, like I said, not to get carried away, like this is one thing on our side, for instance, to really just give you an example. There's the websites, there's the mailing list, there's, you know, our physical communities, there's our physical spaces, there's the um, models, there's the reading list, there's like Medium, there's LinkedIn, there's this, there's that. Like, with my work, it's really spread across, where it's like, if Twitter were to crumble today, it would piss me off. I'd be so upset. But, like, I know that we still have, like, quite a bit. And I think that's the same way you'd look at also, like, income. So, you know, of course, it was, like, <clears throat> for some reason, it was the thing of, like, okay, you do NFTs, you don't really do much else. But, like, that really doesn't, like, make much sense, like, financially. So it's, like, you have NFTs, you have prints there, you have private commissions, that you do maybe like brand and influencer work sometimes in terms of how you operate in like that promotion space. Then uh, you can also do like promotional art as well. Really as much as you can do to keep the lights on, like narrowing down your income and all your resources to one spot is dangerous. And I feel like that's something I said in the spaces last year. And I was like, yeah, like it, it doesn't, like I can't wrap my head around it, you know? So... And that's a mistake I feel like even me, I mean, I feel like I wasn't even spread as much as I could have been. But of course, now just getting back in, you know. So it definitely is a thing of, I feel like last class, everything is a tool, you know, and every community is a space for you. But then you also, those things are also a part of you as well, not vice versa, not, not the other way around. So that's kind of how I've like separated it to my head. Mm, yes, I understand that. And, you know, um, I used to say to when I when I used to host my spaces with um, Tesserat, we always tell people, like, if it's possible, try and find other things to do. Because, yes, WebPree is cool, but I believe, you know, we've sold a particular type of dream. And although, yes, some artists make it and, you know, get really successful, but you, you have to also understand the type of um, situation you're in right now. For instance, I had to stop 
you know, focusing only on creating art and putting my art up as NFTs just for sale because it's not sustainable in the long run. Imagine having to wait for nine months just to make a sale and won't you eat during that time? So I, I don't want to go off point here, but I, I understand your point. And same thing with social media to try and, you know, make everything diverse. Don't focus only on Twitter. Don't focus only on just one social media platform. If possible, have your own website. You know, have somewhere else people can reach you. Let, your, let people know your email address. You know, we can't just rely on one social media network because... This these um, things are controlled by someone and that someone can decide to just stop and, you know, decide to go. Then what's next? You have to start picking up the pieces and start over again. So See, I understand that. Sorry. What you're saying is exactly, like, for instance, when OpenSea, like, was taking down royalties or even when Twitter changed the algorithm, the thing is that these are businesses. They don't really care. They have bottom lines to meet. They have investors to, like, uh, I would say appease when they're making decisions, they're not asking themselves, oh my God, like, what would the artists feel? Like, nah, it's more like, what's going to bring us the most money this quarter? Like, if you get what I'm trying to say, like, nobody sends. If a lot of corporations are backing, like, a certain group at this time, you have to just keep it in your head, okay, this is a financial decision. You know, people, and that's kind of how you treat it. Like, nobody's really, like, on your side, per se. Even if it's, like, NFT platforms that even, like, brand themselves as such, a lot of them... Some of them are very, very cool artist focus, but a lot of them are just really here to make their bar and go. And you've seen definitely examples of that. So it's definitely about seeing things as what they are rather than what you'd like them to be, I guess. Which for me, I guess it was a bit like heartbreaking at first, but also just understanding that it's a system. And of course, you see the patterns of that system showcasing themselves in the new space where it's like, Back in 2021, 2020 December, like the whole thing felt so bohemian and utopian. But again, like if you have people who are trying to make money off art, you're going to find themselves replicating the same systems that they, they were fighting with the galleries in just like more steps. <laughs> and that's really just, I think, a similar thing of where we are in some of these spaces. Again, distribution is a lot better, but some of the foundations are becoming the same. Yes, I understand what you mean with that. So Web3 and Web2, they are all bringing in the same character or the same behavior into Web3. And, you know, what we claim that we are trying to avoid is definitely still coming into play here. Yes. So I understand. <laughs> so um, let's no, for sure. forward. Yeah. No, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. Hi, Anthony. You can speak. You can say what you wanted to say. Hello? Oh, okay. I thought you wanted to say something. So let me just move forward oh, no, to no, the no. next. Yeah, let me move forward to the next question. So my next question is going to be about the business side of being an artist. So how do you cope with the marketing aspect, the sales aspect, and still trying to balance it with your creative side? Um, I would say that from the the very minute you like, how do I say that? So back to from what we said, the minute like you start making art, you're an artist, but like you know, you're not really. I won't say you're upcoming or aspiring. I say that my head, you're an artist for fully. You're trapped. You're 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 inside the fucking court. The minute you make your first like naira, your first cover with this thing, like you had the go to make your first cover and you made it. Like 
Now you're also a business, which is a very important distinction to make. Because I see a lot of people like who also say, oh yeah, like I don't like marketing. You know, I hate it. Marketing is now essential to you, you know. So it's kind of a thing of either you learn how to do it or you get someone that does want to do it. Either way, it kind of has to be done, you know, because now, like I said, you're now a one-man or one-woman business. And, you know, marketing is a part of that. With marketing and that conversation, it's also something to, like, be clear that commerce is, has always been a part of art, you know, right from the times of, like, the Renaissance work or, like, neoclassical, like, Michelangelo, like you see a lot of those paintings and sculptures that like we reveal, most of them, if not all of them, are commissions. They were done for money. And so, you know, commerce is not really an enemy. With marketing on our side, really, I mean, I kind of settled down into it a couple of years ago with um just 2020 and like how things moved for me and really making sure that I was very intentional in the image of myself I was portraying and what I was trying to get from that because it's like with marketing, with the whole business side, it was definitely hard. I mean, I had to build everything that I was using with in like three days because the painting of mine had gone viral. And it's like, fuck, like people are asking for prints. How do you sell prints from Nigeria? Like, I need a website. Like, how do you get that? Like, I need a cool email. You know, how do I do that? And having to figure all those things out was very stressful. You know, I had heavy, like, logistics, especially from Lagos, will kill you. You know, I had, I remember there was one time I had, like, this one million DHL bill because I had made a mistake during shipping. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, what's going on, you know? And it's just one of those things where you just take to the chin. Like, I went through it, and I'm like, okay, cool, solid. Now I can proceed and it's like I see things a lot better now so yeah I was at the business side like it's and it's also a thing of if you're not making the money on your on, from your work on all sides like somebody definitely is you know and I have stories for days in terms of how like people I've trusted you know had done funny funny things with my work or with my money and it's just really part of the whole thing so I would say like yeah like balancing that is just you know I have a team so in terms of a lot of things it's kind of like spread out to the point where I am still heavily involved in business but like I'm not carrying the whole load by myself and I have these really great people who are like really supporting me in like that vision uh, but yeah I think that's really it. it's like a thing of iteration with me I'm very comfortable with business um, I've kind of began I've, I've come to like it over these past couple of years and like sorting things out because for me, again, my vision, I was never, like, I would say I accept the title of an artist because it's easy to, like, communicate. But for me, I would say that, like, I'm really just myself, like, with writing, with art. Like, at some point, I'm going to enter filmmaking. At some point, who knows music? Like, for me, my goal is really just moving. I'm not really tied to, like, particular titles, because for me, it's like I've seen how people's image of myself has changed over the years. In 2015, if you had heard of me, you'd have heard of me predominantly for writing. By 2020, it was, oh, that guy that paints, the coloring guy. And now it's like, oh, yeah, the sculpture guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like 
there are all these titles and things and I feel like I try not to get too stuck on them. It's like, if you like the business, go do it. If you like this thing, like, do this, do something else. Like, really, I go towards, like, what I feel. So, like, I know that there's some things when it's like, oh, if you're an artist, you shouldn't like business. You know, I shouldn't market my work. I'm going to be a purist like Basquiat, like Andy Warhol. Those guys are some of the greatest marketers. Those guys are some of the greatest businessmen. Like, don't play. Like, those people that you would regard as quote-unquote pure artists marketed the hell out of their work or worked with people that did to ensure that years later you're still speaking about them. That's not by accident. Because for every one Basquiat, there's like 5,000 that you don't know about. And really, that's all due to marketing. You know, so, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, very, very important, I would say, to really, like, take care of business, take care of your friends, and make make sure you have the best way to get your name out there. And I love what you just said about, you know, trying out anything or everything you think you can do. Um, someone like that, too, because I believe that, you know, our brain can expand. <laughs> You know, our brain can take anything we give we give it to learn or whatever. So, you know, moving from writing to digital arts to sculpting to filmmaking that you plan on doing in the future, you know, you are open to exploring different means of exp- of expressing yourself, which is, you know, impressive. So um I love that. Um, let's move forward to the next question. And please, everyone, let me just do a quick room reset. If you want to come up on stage to say something or just ask Antonia any question, please send a request and I'll definitely bring you up on stage. And if you also want to say hi to us or you're shy, you don't want to come up on stage to talk, you can just say something in the chat box below and I'm definitely going to reply you. So um, I'm moving forward to the next question. And the next question is going to be about, you know, the challenges facing artists today. And I would love it if you don't restrict it to only the web free space. I would love it if you like spoke about the challenges artists are facing in general. Like what do you think the biggest challenges are and how do you navigate those challenges in your work? Is Anthony still here? <laughs> you know what's crazy? I was speaking and I realized I was muted. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say that, of course, like, back to what I was saying, it's like, you know, whatever problems that Web3 artists are facing, especially when they come from a demographic like ours, that's also part of a bigger problem. The biggest problem that Nigerian or African artists are facing, even in Web3, is distribution and all distribution is talking about is how do you get your work from a not just to be but to be that's looking for your work does that make sense yes yes it does and that problem kind of exists like all through in terms of whatever you're doing as an african just by virtue of how the world has unfortunately been set up in terms of music in terms of art in terms of film it's always distribution, getting your work into the hands of people that want to experience it. And with that problem, I mean, there's definitely ways I've tried to sidestep it over the years. You know, let's say, let's call it crypto distribution. That was a beautiful way because now, like, people could pay for my work very, very easily and I could get the money very, very fast. 
in a world where that the payment system isn't geared towards Africans, that's a whole blessing. Um, social media distribution. Because now, like, from the comfort of my home, people can get my work in anywhere that has internet access and they have the app. Also very beautiful. Um, how else do we distribute? I mean, right now, I mean, it's like... I just had to check who was in the audience to see, but then I have, I'm in the works of creating something that's also going to help physical distribution. And that's like another aspect. So really for us, it's just been trying new things, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, seeing what can be better, and like combining that with what my brand is, with what my own outlook on the world is. And yeah, like... That, I would say, is the biggest problem and how I've gone about it. distribution and also just experimenting. Mm. And do you also think that this distribution issue um, can also be solved with maybe, you know, who you know, because I, I've seen that in Web3 space. You know, some people have been here for quite a while, grinding, trying to, um, you know, connect with collectors and someone might just come, you know, and just start making sales and you just find out that this person already has like a previous collector base and these people are interested in collecting this person's work. And, you know, for people that are just starting out, they don't even know how to, you know, navigate all this. Like, where do I start from? Where do I even start finding my collector base? Some people don't even want to collect art from people like me. Like, I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. No, for sure. But exactly, you just described the problem as well. Like, some people have shorter forms of distribution. So if you're in a place like New York, for instance, the odds of you meeting someone who is, like, more geared towards your work, like, they're higher. You get what I'm saying? So, like, your work doesn't have to distribute too far to get to where it needs to get to. Whereas if you're further away, it may be a bit trickier. Then if you're not as visible, the odds kind of reduce. And I guess it's another thing about like having an honest view of what this all is. I think for me, it, I'm trying to like um, think about what I'm trying to say. Because I get what you mean, and I would say that, like, that is also part of, like, a fundamental problem in terms of, because as a platform, for instance, let's say you're a platform, and this is how a lot of these platforms think. You're a platform, you have things to pay for. You have, like, a burn rate. Uh, you also have investors on your neck. You have a runway very finite because everybody runs out of money sometime. For them, everything that they do is almost a kind of gamble, especially in the markets that we're in. So for a lot of these platforms, for instance, what they do is they're trying to de-risk, if that makes sense. It's like they're trying to take bets that don't have too much downside. So for them, you know, they'd rather go for an artist that has let's say higher connections, um, more history of sales, uh, this and that, this and that, because for them it's like, okay, if we take this bet on this person, it means that, it means that like this may not go as badly as it could. And a lot of the times you find, you know, it's not always just about the arts, but most times about how you're saying it, how like you're presenting yourself and how those optics kind of match in. 
and I feel like it's almost the same with collectors. A lot of collectors, again, have finite money. They, you know, money is not infinite. And for them, it's kind of like a lot of people are looking at the arts as investments. So they're looking at this crazy paper trade. They're looking, okay, like, what has this person done? How long has this person been here? Da, 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 da. Who else is buying? Da, 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 da. And it's weird and it can, it's unfortunate. But I think right now that's the system that has stood because it's the one that makes people the most money. And so it's something that I feel like I'd hoped, I'd really, really hoped that like Web3 and NFTs would be able to solve. But I feel like it's more of a fundamental problem, you know, in terms of how we look at art, how we view art coming from certain like locations, how we value that art, how we value those people. Right now it's out of whack. You know, right now there's not much support. There's not much love. There's not much press. And when you try it, I mean, like, for us, you know, going out and building our own thing is like, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot we've seen. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I definitely get that. And it's like a huge fundamental issue that happens within this space and outside, you know? But yeah. Yes, and I think this also reiterates what I said about you know, Web 2 ethos or whatever, coming into Web 3, because everybody, we claim that, oh, this is going to be different from what you've seen, it's different from the traditional space, everyone will have, you know, the same opportunities, you have the same um, level playing field, but you come on here and we are still seeing those, you know, gatekeeping behavior, people are finding it hard to, you know, connect with collectors, people are going with, with the hype rather than, you know, going for us that they love, so, you know, all these things can be discouraging for artists and to be honest, I, I, apart from people changing their approach to, you know, creators in this space, I can't really think of any other solution at the moment because, you know, we've said this thing, I've been saying this for since 2021 to date and there hasn't really been any major changes and to be honest, I don't even know. That's why I'm always advising people that try and diversify, don't focus only on Web3 because yes, Web3 is amazing, but you know, I, I believe that some people were just basking in the euphoria of everything in the beginning. And now it's like the veil is being lifted from everyone's eyes and we are seeing the true reality of everything. Uh, so I'm going to move on to a more... No, I mean, definitely... Sorry, just to even close this like, But I don't know. I don't think it's enough to be discouraged. Like, in my own... The way I look at it, I don't know whether it's true or not, but in my head it's like, there's a way out. Like, it's not impossible. You know, it's not like this fucking locked door that, like, nobody can get through. It's just a matter of finding your own way and finding how your own market, your own audience. Because, yeah, it's hard. But then, then again, like I said, it's not easy for anybody. You know, at the same time, like, everybody has, like, their own, like, difficulty they're facing that's, like, unique to them. And I feel like with us, it's just kind of a matter of finding that spot or that space that like, okay, what we're doing, again, like back to distribution, can get directly into the hands of the people who want to see it. Because more time you realize that like, on social media especially, you can spend a lot of your time marketing to people that may not really care, you know? So sometimes about just finding that space, finding that own pockets, that own that niche, and you know expanding that so that's kind of how i look at it where it's like for me it's not really discouraging it's just more it signals okay i need to do more work to find out because it's how many billions of people in the world there's definitely a couple people that want to see 
what it is I have to bring. I want to hear what it is I have to say, you know? And it's just really about getting to there. Whether you're using Google Ads, whether you're using, like, I don't know, like, targets, like, whatever you need to do, to be honest, like, to get there is how I look at the whole situation. Mm, okay, okay. So let's move on to a more relaxed question, but because it seems like we're just having, you know, I, yes, this, all these conversations are super important, but I would love to, you know, um, learn about um, an achievement you're proud of. And I know it might seem like you have a lot because you've actually done a lot, but which achievements did you, did you achieve <laughs> that made you go like, okay, I did this. Okay, Antonia has dropped. Okay, back. Nigerian going to embarrass you. Oh my god. <laughs> Once rain falls like this, the network is off. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna have to ask that question back again. Okay, yeah. So I was asking about an achievement you're proud of, like something you did that made you go like, okay, yes, I did this. Do you mean like professionally or like personally? Anyone you want to talk about? <laughs> I mean, I said it personally, like it was, you know, you know, at the first joint I told you that I had shown, I shown to my mom, like, you know, I'd sold it and for her birthday, I gave her the money I'd made, which was like over a million naira at the time. And I feel like that moment was one of the most important things for me, just being able to signal to my mom that, yeah, like, because me too, I had my own Mahala growing up and like things weren't too great. Also to be able to show her that, like, okay, I am strong enough to handle what it is I'm handling, you know. Um, professionally, uh, I mean, again, I'm thinking, how honest can I be? Um, with work, professional achievements are cool. I mean, there have been many. It's like work being seen by millions, da 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 da. Like, and you know, I thought for me, my biggest achievements on that side is. Like, I'm, I've personally not really been about, like, the accolades or, like, awards or uh, mentions in press. I think, for me, it's really just about connecting to people, having people to have seen that work, honestly. You know, I had my exhibition in Abuja last year. And, like, you know, honestly, the highlight was, like, these little kids, they came and they're just looking at the work. And, like, it's just so fun to them. I feel like that moment, and moments like that are the ones that have stuck out to me the most. Because all this, like, oh, I made, duh, 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 duh. it's like it's cool for marketing, like I said, but I'll be real with you, like, my heart really has always just been in the connection with people. You know, someone gifted like a copy of Red Man to his mom, and like these guys were from England. And that moment, I was like, I think his mom gifted it to him. And I was like, wow, like, that's so crazy. Thank you. Like, you know, someone tattoos, so a lot of people have tattooed the work on their backs, on their bodies. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Like, you know, like, moments like that, I would say, have been the biggest achievements. Just that blessing of being able to have been a part of other people's stories and to have been able to live long enough to see that. You know, because there's so many great artists who had died before they had gotten that moment. And I feel like I've just been blessed to have seen it happen. And, you know, it's just it's been crazy, honestly. Like, I think... That to me just kind of uh, it calms you down a bit, I guess. Like it just humbles you because at the end of the day, like whether it's sales metrics or awards, like, everything fades. Really, 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 at the end of it, is kind of like how we're able to connect with each other. So I would say that yeah, those are like the 
those are some of the stuff that I would say that you know happened, and I was like, wow, okay, this is this is crazy. To be honest, I don't know how I'm going to act if someone decides to tattoo any of my pieces on their body because nobody is going to hear the end of it. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going to post it everywhere every day. I'm going to remind people like, did anybody tattoo your work on your body? Because I think that's that's really huge, you know, wanting my work to be on your body like temporarily or permanently anyone but it's a big step and it, you know it shows that they appreciate your what your work that much for them to be able to you know decide to put it on their skin so yes i definitely understand what you mean <laughs> so um we are coming to our one hour mark and i love to keep my spaces you know to one hour max because it's going to go up on the podcast and i want people to be able to listen to the conversation to the end i don't want anyone to feel like oh two hours i'm not listening again <laughs> you know so i'm going to just jump to my last question and you know, maybe you say some final words. It seems everyone is shy. No one wants to come up on stage to ask any question. And okay, no problem. But let's move on to our final question. So this is more like a general question, but I love asking it too. What do you hope um, viewers take away from your art? You know, what impact do you hope to have with your work? When people look at your work, maybe in galleries or during your exhibitions, what do you want them to, you know, you know, take away from your art, like what do you want them to feel when they when they see your work? Like this is what I feel when I look at Antony's work. Um, I feel like for me, you know, the message, like, you know, I feel like my message is always in two folds. The message for like our fellow Nigerians and Africans and everybody in the diaspora is really like, yeah, I want you to feel like, okay, one of our own did this. That means I can go even further. You know, I feel like for me, it's really just been a matter of like showcasing what could be done and taking it as far as I could go because I know that like definitely like someone is going to come across and do like even bigger and like expand this even more. And for me, just being able to say, okay, look, that this is possible. Like everything is possible. Like there's no limits to how far and how deep we can go. And then to the rest of the world, the message is we're here, we're alive, we're, we're, like we're living, breathing people. You know, we have our own message, we have our own words and, you know, you should learn about this. You should learn about our culture, you should learn about our language, you should learn about how we live. Those things are important as well to you even. You know, we're all part of this global connection now and it's important, it's essential to know everything that's happening, you know, in all the places around. And yeah, that's really... F- what it is for me at the end of the day is connection and also understanding that like there's so much more you know even with what's happening now like there are people who are operating on like a crazy level and like stuff like that inspires me to even put more working i put more energy so yeah like therefore that's how i look at the whole thing Right. So since we still have three um three minutes left, I'm going to ask this question and it's about Web3 and Africa. So do you think there's any future for Web3 in Africa? Um, looking at this from a creative point of view, do you think there's still any major changes that can be done? And do you think the current um the current framework or the current um, structure is going to be sustainable in the long run? I mean, any two-year-old child will tell you that the current structure is unsustainable. I mean, that's a very, to me, that's a non-starter. It's definitely not sustainable. And you are seeing cracks appear. It is not a healthy market. Like, that's, like, simple. Um, 
in terms of Web3 and changes in Africa that can still be made, the way I see it, uh, crypto is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest changes to like the world financial system that like we've seen. Crypto, I think, is the one way to connect Africa and the world. Like when I used to like um, do just purely freelance, like collecting, let's say, one thousand dollars, used to be fucking hard. So am I allowed to swear on this? Hello. Yes, sorry. What did you say? I said I'm allowed to swear. Am I allowed to swear on this? I just I needed to make sure. Okay, I was laughing, but yes, you said it a lot of oh, yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Like, one thousand, yeah, one thousand. Getting one thousand was fucking hard. Like, bro, you had to. I used to use this thing called Word Remit, and like the money would take like maybe like three days, and you have to go and fight your bank because sometimes your bank would not actually have cash. And like at the end of the day, from that one thousand, you're getting the equivalent of maybe like nine fifty, and it was just hell. Like it was horrible. But then you have this whole new system that works faster and it's more efficient and it's also like public it's it's beautiful so i feel like in terms of that like i really do believe that with let's say if when we talk about web3 we're talking about crypto technology we're talking about that interchangeable like community that's formed through those things i would say that like there's definitely like it's you know there's this leaps and bounds man like it's nobody can say how far this is going to go i definitely do believe in more changes but i do also believe that the current market and system we have does not work efficiently for anybody yes and i also feel the same way about the current structure and not you asking if you can swear after you know this I, is I need, towards the end of the show i needed to be sure i just I, you know it's your space I, you've I, said I, it you've said it a lot of times so no problem that, just that is my bad <laughs> i i apologize <laughs> no problem i'm just joking i'm just joking yes yeah, so i definitely agree with your response because you know if you look at it from the crypto um, point of view there's a lot of things to explore but currently the nft space or the current the current nft market is not sustainable to be honest like and as i mentioned i think everybody was just you know when everything started out everyone had this um 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 open everyone was just trying to you know see where everything goes everyone was just saying okay this is something new let's try it out i believe in the future of blah 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 but in the end we have to you know sit down and examine how everything is working because to be honest what's the point of of leaving some people out of everything and you know it's a particular group of people that are the ones making the money you know doing things in the space if we are claiming that you want it to be all inclusive for different people like why not try and you know revise the current structure it's not only i think focusing on just sales or the i don't know how to explain it but it's to be honest it's not sustainable because if i keep on talking it's going to be like okay what are you saying <laughs> but um we have osaru up on stage hi osaru <laughs> Hello, hi everyone. Thank um, I was just on the space listening and I'm just like, this is really interesting and really fascinating. Sorry, one um, I did have a question. What do you, Anthony, um, what do you aim to accomplish with your work, your art? And do you feel like you're kind of like on your way to accomplishing it? Or do you feel like you've already accomplished it? Uh, with that, I mean, thanks for that question. I feel like with my work, 
in the beginning, there was no aim, honestly. It was, I was having fun. I liked what I was doing and it was interesting. Like there was no, um, there was nothing more to it. And I think as I grew older, lots more things started coming into play. You know, of course you need money, you need to sort this out, you need to sort that out. Then you have rents to pay, you have bills to pay, you have people to sort out. And I feel like a lot of those things definitely did like cloud what it is I was trying to do. But I would say that I feel like for me, just growing up the way I did, connection and being able to connect to people and having people see me and hear me was very important. And it's like after these years that I've had, a part of me is, of course, at peace knowing that I did accomplish, you know, that in a way like people did hear what it is I had to say. People saw what it is I had in my head and you know, people are agreed and I feel like it's it's like a bittersweet feeling of, okay, wow, I, I did that. And really now it's just about elevating and being able to make sure that the base is secure, the foundation is stronger. And, you know, more so there's an ecosystem that can be built from all this because if you're the only person that's successful, you know, that's not a system, that's a fluke. And I don't think that's what I want to be a part of. So I was like, yeah, that's that's that to me is the goal, you know. The goal is just to make sure that you know everything is a bit more secure. Yeah. All right. Did that answer your question? Yes, it does. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming up on stage to ask that. So um, we're coming, or we've reached the end of the show, to be honest, because I want everyone to go back to what they're doing. Today is a Sunday. Some of you, if you're in Nigeria, you're going for David Doe's concert. Some of us, were staying at home to sleep. So I wanted to go back to whatever you're doing. But I would love to shout out to the people that I've seen from the beginning of the space to the end. Hi, Daliso. Hi, JJ. Hi, Tesseras, my former co-host that ran away. Hi, Esther. <laughs> Hi, Imani. Hi, Ivy. Hi, Awelewa. Okay, this is going to take time, but hi, everyone. <laughs> and I'm so happy to see you here. Thank you so much for com- for joining and supporting. And um, yes, Anthony, do you have anything you'd love to say, like a mic drop moment before I, you know, say some things and round up the, sp- the space? Oh, no, definitely. I'm talked out. I think I've said, I've said everything I could, you know. Uh, so nothing like inspire to aspire, like if you believe uh, in active. Oh, my God. You know, that's not my vibe, man. Like, that's not my bag. <laughs> I've said I don't do inspire to Maguire, man. That's not me. <laughs> I think I've spoken. I've talked my talk. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for that. So next week, we're going to be having our founders chat with Dells from Astra. So... Please be on the lookout for that. We have a full month in June and I can't wait to... Oh, is it June? Sorry. We have a full month in May. (laughs) And I can't wait to share all the guests we have coming up on stage to speak. And I think this is our fourth um, episode. Yes. So thank you so much, Anthony, for accepting my request to come up on stage to speak about your work and, you know, other things. It was so fun speaking with you and, you know, I have more insight about you and your art, you know, having this type of conversations are really important because we just see people's work. We don't know their story. We don't know what inspires them. 
we don't even know how they got to where they are right now. And I believe, you know, listening to everybody's, you know, story, <laughs> I know that word story has been overused, but, you know, listening to everybody's story, trying to know more about what inspires them is super important because we are all humans behind our PFPs, <laughs> you know. So I, that's why I love having this type of interview sessions with creatives, founders in the space, builders in the space. So, yeah, that's all. I'm talking too much. Thank you so much, everyone. And to anyone that's going to be listening to this space, maybe on the podcast or on Twitter, thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to this conversation. And I'm going to be, po- I'm going to be posting the link to the podcast later in the night. So if you want to listen to that again, please be on the lookout for that tweet. Thank you so much once again, everyone. I think I've said a lot of thank yous for today. But bye, everyone. And see you in the next episode next week, same time, 4 p.m. West African time, and same account at Odds Girl Task. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.